Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 228 of Sorta Awesome. I want to take a moment right now to give a big hello and a high five to all of our superstar awesomes. You all know that we have talked about our superstars many times on the show. These are the awesomes who have decided to support the show on Patreon at $5 a month. We are so thankful for the support of the superstars. And when you become a superstar, you get access to lots and lots of programming that is never going to be shared on one of the Friday episodes for Sorta Awesome. And as soon as you sign up to become a superstar, you get access to that right away. In fact, one of our brand new superstars was just telling us that she binged all of the Patreon content over her Christmas break and that she was so excited that there was so much good stuff in there. And really, there is a lot that we will never cover on the main show, but it's there. That's right. (laughs) That's where we put our big secrets, the things that we don't think that we can share with the public public. Exactly. It's just our inner group. Yep, that's right. For sure. Our inner circle of awesome. So if you've been thinking, hey, I need to get around to doing that. I'd like to tell you, you know what, this is the perfect time to do it. We would love to have you join us. Not only do you get access to hours and hours and hours of superstar episodes that you're not going to hear on the main feed, you also get access to our private Facebook group that is just for our Patreon supporters. And we have lots of great conversations every day over there in that group. So again, if you've been thinking this is the time for you to join, we would love to have you. You can do it so easily by going to sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. There's everything that you need to know about signing up over there. Again, it's at sortaawesomeshow.com slash support. Well, you heard her lovely voice already. I'm joined today by my beautiful friend who is just really right in the thick of getting back into the groove of the new year, Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. You said that so nicely. Hey, Meg. Hi, awesomes. We were saying (laughs) off camera how I'm wearing pink today and pink is a color that just traditionally throughout my life when I wear pink, people comment on it like, oh, you look so bright and lively today because it has that effect, I think, on my skin tone because I am the opposite of bright and lively today. I am like <laughs> splattered against a wall somewhere. You're going to have to scrape me off with a spatula after this oh. week. It's, just, it's one of those weeks. I think everybody understands that. Oh, yeah. It's not like necessarily a major life crisis. It was just a week and a half crammed into five days. And so you're just tarred. I'm tarred. Yeah. I mean, your family is in the middle of birthday season. And also your job is the news, which, hello, <laughs> has been even more nonstop than usual. Just a little bit of stuff going on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. So it's been a little bit of a busy week. And of course, if you follow me on social media, you know that our show that I help produce also in 2020, we've added a fifth day and we've added a regular recurring series to focus on the flipped counties of the upper Midwest. So there were a hundred counties in the United States that went to Obama in 2012, and then went to Trump in 2016. And almost half of those are in this little concentrated chunk of like Southern Minnesota, Northeastern Iowa, Wisconsin. So anyway, we're doing that. 
and we're doing some different stuff. It was just super fun, but oh my word, so exhausting. <laughs> Real talk. Well, I'm so thankful that you had time to fit in sitting down because you guys, last week on the show, my sister and I were talking about how to really go about setting some small goals, some manageable goals, some sustainable goals for 2020 for ourselves. Three steps to that, being the boss of the situation, making some firing decisions and making some hiring decisions. And on that episode, I talked about what I need to be the boss of is the morning routine around here that it has cost me no small amount of angst. I'll just go ahead and confess that just this past week, one morning, it actually left me in tears. I was so frustrated. So one of my hiring decisions, you guys, is I'm going to hire Kelly Gordon, everyone's favorite big sister, to just kind of tell me, okay, we've talked about mornings before, but Meg, you need a refresher. <laughs> we have talked about mornings before, but it's one yeah. of those things that everyone has. <laughs> you can't yep. get away from mornings. You know, even like on last week's show, which may I say was so good. Awesome. If you, you are listening to these out of order or you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, it is so good. Go look for, is it episode 227? Yes, it is. Like three simple steps to making 2020 awesome. It is really so simple. And you can really find something in your life that you were like, I do want to tweak this. It's a great framework for finding yeah. ways to change what you want to change in your life. But when you said the morning thing, and even Emily said, look, mornings are even difficult for me and I don't have kids to have to get out the door. I still have to get out the door to a job. It's just something we can't get away from. It's important. Yeah. I'm glad we've talked about it before on yeah. the show in several different instances. So I'm glad we're talking about it again. I'm serious. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to sit down and kind of hold my hand and walk me through this again. I know you have some fantastic wisdom to share, and we're going to get to all of that in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week, the moment in the show where we talk about the things that are really making life a little bit more wonderful right now, whether it's books or TV shows, podcasts, products, whatever it is that makes us a little bit more happy. And Kelly, I can't wait to hear what you have for us. Well, I want to talk about something that it did not occur to me until this morning in the shower, that this is a product that is perfect for this show, because this is something that I think about most years. I've had this for probably 10 years now, but I remember it at this time of year in January because it helps me get out of bed in the mornings. And it is the L.L. Bean Moonbeam Clock. Mm. So you guys, they've been making this clock since 1952. It has not come out of rotation, has been on their website and their catalog. Since that time, they've made some small adjustments to colors. They've recently added a USB plug in there if you want to charge, you know, your phone or some other device right next to your bedside. But this clock is a standout. It is a classic. And it is one of those clocks that wakes you up with light. So I found that this is one of the big keys to making me a little happier in the morning. Because as we're going to talk about, mornings are not my thing. So all the lessons, all the things that I'm going to be sharing today are tips that I have learned in the trenches because this is not my natural gifting is to yeah. make mornings work for me. Right. So this clock has a bright light in it. Nowadays, it's an LED light. When your alarm goes off, it flashes light at you instead of making a jarring sound. So especially for anybody who lives in a part of the country that is very dark in the mornings, you know, we're not getting any light in the sky until after seven, even now, you know, almost a month after solstice. It's just the middle of the night. It feels like you're getting up in the middle of the night. So to have light wake me up instead of a jarring sound is so much more gentle to my psyche. And it is that kind of that light waking up. So I still do push the snooze button and it does have an alarm on it, like a bell 
jangly. Like that was the thing is that the traditional alarms that have the sound or even music, they're so jarring to my senses if I'm in a deep Mm -hmm. sleep that I would just wake up startled and then grumpy. Because who likes to be startled? I mean, maybe some people do. I don't know. I'm not like one of those people who like those types of movies or games or jump scares. Like that is not fun for me. In fact, infamously, I had friends who came to my house for my 16th birthday to try to wake me up, surprise me, take me to breakfast before school, like at 6 a.m. I happened to wake up and see them in my driveway creeping into my house with my parents' permission, and I locked myself in the bathroom. I was furious that they surprised me. (laughs) Furious. My mom was like, honey, I think they just want to do something nice for you. And I just, I hate that feeling of being surprised. And that's what an alarm does. Especially first thing in the morning. like Especially first thing in the morning, right? (laughs) But that's what an alarm does. An alarm is a scary thing every morning to try to wake you up. Who needs that? I don't. So a light is just gentler. It kind of like, it is definitely bright enough. Even in the summer months, there are sometimes it's so bright in my room with the light change that I don't see the alarm. But for the most part, It's still so bright and different the way it flashes. It does wake me up, but I don't have that sound going into my ears. And if you have other people that sleep with you, if you have a partner in bed with you, if you have small children or not so small children, like, I don't know, hypothetically a nine-year-old who still creeps in every night to sleep on the floor next to your bed because he loves you so much, this is not going to wake them up, you know, because it's very kind of focused at you, at your face. It's not that sound. So it's just a gentler thing. I would love to hear too. I love my L.L. Bean Moonbeam Clock. It is a periwinkle color. It's just my favorite. It, it's still working, you guys. I've had it for more than 10 years. You just plug it in. It works. It's got batteries. There is an alarm. I think I was starting to say this, an alarm that will go off after five minutes if you have not reacted to the light. So you don't have yeah. to feel like, what if I just sleep through it? Then you will get the jangly, nerve-rattling bells at you. Yeah. But that's a great thing. And I know there are some other clocks out there So maybe in the Hangout group, we can have some discussion of other people who have found great light awake clocks to start our mornings off really good. That is awesome. That is awesome. And it is a perfect fit for this week's show, for sure. I like to use the like sort of gentle awake feature on iPhone because it does the same thing, not with light. Yes. That the sound is a gradual. It's a gradual, right? Yes. I like that. But I love this idea of waking up with a gentle light. Yeah, just kind of a good way to start off the morning for sure. Well, because light is one of those things that helps us to wake up. And I'm sure we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. You know, like it's yes, a really great sure. way to help us reset our body clock. Yes, totally. Okay. Well, my awesome of the week this week is a book. It's a brand new release. It's getting a lot of buzz. It was like one of the must read books, especially over the holiday season. It just came out. The name of the book is Such a Fun Age. And it's a debut novel by a brand new novelist named Kylie Reed. So the context for this book is that like one of our main protagonists is a woman named Amira. She's a 25-year-old Black woman living in Philadelphia, kind of struggling to find her place in the world, can't decide on a career path. So she ends up taking a babysitting job for a white family. They live in Philadelphia, it's in, in Philly. And one night, the family that she's been babysitting for has a sort of like quasi-emergency situation where they have to have the police come to the house. And the mom is kind of freaking out. The mom's name is Alix. And she doesn't want their three-year-old to be there when the police gets there. So even though it's like almost 11 at night, she calls Amira, the babysitter, and is like, I know this is like completely like you're probably doing your own thing. I know this is a lot to ask, but could you come and take Briar, who's their three-year-old, just to the grocery store, just so she can be out of the house while the police are here. So Amira stops what she's doing and goes and does that. And so Amira is with her best friend Zara and they're this fancy pants, like, 
upper scale neighborhood grocery store and a security guard basically accuses Amira of kidnapping Briar and because she's black and Briar's white. And so he's basically accusing her of this. It gets caught on camera by a bystander. And the whole plot really just that's I'm not spoiling anything. That is Mm -hmm. the igniting action for this novel. It happens in the first opening pages of this book. And so what follows in this whole story, and this is Kelly, it is one of the most readable, compulsively readable stories that I have read in a long time. Like it's one of those that once you get into the story, she just Kylie read this, this novelist, (laughs) she just pulls you through it. But it's this really fascinating, super contemporary look at all kinds of dynamics, race dynamics, of course, but also the dynamic between wealthy families and their, you know, quote unquote, hired help dynamics with suburban moms and their dissatisfaction with motherhood. And there's just so much going on. Also kind of turns into a a rom-com a little bit along the way. There's a romantic element as the story unfolds. There's a big plot twist. It is fantastic. And I'm going to tell you all that I actually read this book on audio, on Audible, and I have to highly, highly recommend it because the woman who does the narration for this book, her name is Nicole Lewis. She's fantastic, you guys. There are so many characters in this and so many different dialects that make a huge difference in the characters as you get to know them. And Nicole Lewis does a fantastic job. She makes the sort of like wealthy white women of the story sound very, you know, (laughs) upper crust wealthy. And then Amira and her friends, she really gets that urban feel to them. And it's just so fantastic. Again, it really makes it quite readable because, you know, you're listening to it and it's so easy to just be like, what chores can I do around here? I got to do something else (laughs) so I can keep listening to this book. It's so good. It's so good. Now, I'm sure it's totally great to read it, you know, in paper form too. But if you are looking for a new audiobook, one that is going to be something that people are talking about, Reese Witherspoon chose it as her like book club book. So it's everywhere right now. I read it. I'm here to tell you it is well worth picking up and reading it. I think it would be really, really good for book clubs as well, because there's so many different dynamics happening in this book that gives people a lot to talk about. And I think that Kylie Reed does a really good job as a writer in not making anybody the bad guy in this book. All of the characters are really fleshed out, really well-formed. You understand why they do and say the things they do. So top notch. I loved it. Oh man, that sounds fantastic. I love books that have that I want to pull you along in the fiction sort of a feel, but they've also got that social commentary going on at yes. the same time so that you yep. are thinking about it in a deeper way than just what that story was and who those characters were, which can be fun, but it's always that deeper stuff that makes a difference in our life, right? And that we want to talk to our girlfriends Absolutely. about. So. Absolutely. I might have to get that one, Meg. I don't have a whole lot of, like, I do love to have one fiction book that I'm reading. I always have two or three nonfiction books that I'm, you know, kind of going through. But the problem is when those fiction books come along that are so good, you feel like, I can't stop reading. So (laughs) I have not yet. I've never done an audiobook because I really like the experience of reading. And when I have free Mm -hmm. time to listen to something, I'm usually listening to podcasts, which is one of those things, right? We've said, this is a trade-off. We get it. There's so much good content in so many forms out there today. But I might have to listen to this one. We'll have to see if it happens. I think you would really like it. I really do. So those are our awesomes of the week. We'll have links in the show notes for all of this information. And of course, we want to hear what's awesome in your life. 
If you haven't joined us, please find us on Instagram where we celebrated a new milestone recently. We now have over 7,000 followers on Instagram. I just like blinked and all of a sudden there are more and more people joining us in our Instagram community, which is so fun. So again, we're at Sort of Awesome Show over there. And of course, every single week we are talking about awesome stuff in our lives on Fridays and every day of the week in the Sort of Awesome Hangout. If you haven't joined us, we'd love to have you there at facebook.com slash groups slash Sort of Awesome Hangout. All right, Kelly, like I said at the top of the show, this is absolutely one of those episodes where I'm like, I need your guidance to get me through. I truly am. You're one of my hiring decisions. for how to get mornings back on track. And I'm so looking forward to what you have to share and kind of seeing it through the lens of where we are in our family life right now. Because like I was saying with my sister on last week's show, mornings have not always been a problem for me in in different phases of life. And all the way up until this school year, I mean, they've been fine. They maybe haven't been like the perfect start to the day. But nothing that has left me absolutely in tears that we just cannot seem to get it on the tracks this year. So let's just dive right in to some of the insights that you have to share for us about mornings. And I think that's the hard thing about mornings is that sometimes we can find a routine that works and then darn it, life is always changing. Yep. This is one of the big revelations for me as my adult life is just that it, nothing is stable. And so we're constantly having to reassess and reevaluate. And when we start to feel those pinches, And I really do think the first step is acknowledging it. Like what you were saying last week to Emily, you're like, wait a minute, this is really not what I want it to be. And I know it doesn't have to be this way. And so I'm going to take charge. I'm going to be the boss of this and we're going to fix it. It's problem solving. Yeah. But you can't solve a problem until you recognize it. And so it's saying, where am I feeling that like frustration and that dissatisfaction? And so let's solve it. So as I said, mornings are not normally my thing. So I feel like as I've read about, you know, the science of how our bodies react in the morning, what other people who are very successful, whether they're morning people or not, have learned about morning. These are like my top five tips for making your mornings the best for you where you are right now. The first one is know who you are. We have to start there. This is just like admitting that there's a problem. You have to know who you are. So it might be as simple as, am I a night owl or am I a morning person? You know, if you wanted to say that, or what's the funny meme where it's like, I'm not a night owl. I'm like a confused pigeon. Oh, I think I'm a, like, I'm a confused pigeon that just like, doesn't even know where I am. Maybe you're a confused pigeon and that's okay. <laughs> you have to know like what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. So this could be anything from like those. It could be all the personality stuff that we talk about here. Yeah. That's sort of awesome. If you are listening to us and you haven't heard us talk a lot about podcasts, you can just go back to the show notes. There's a ton. You could talk about the Enneagram. You could talk about Myers-Briggs. We've even talked, we occasionally touch on strengths finders. There's so many ways, tools out there to mm-hmm. know yourself better, which yes. I mean, I love living today. So knowing that is going to be your setup okay. to launch you. Okay. So you, as we go through the tips, we'll make it personal. Okay. I know that mornings are like my weakest time. You are the opposite. You totally. actually like mornings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, we did a show on mornings, make teeth. I know you mentioned that I think last week. Oh, I had it up here and I don't have which episode number it is. It was like two years ago Mm -hmm. that we talked about it. And I remember that was what we said is that you like want mornings to be successful and you normally are like happy to get up early. Yes. Yes. Even happy, right? It's not that you just get up early and like being awake. You're actually happy to do it. Yeah. We talked in that episode about like our body's natural rhythms and what is specific and unique to each of us. 
in the fact that truly it is a matter of biology that some people are really geared toward that nighttime energy and some people are geared toward that morning energy. And I think Kelly, seriously, that is part of the big frustration for me is that mornings for my whole life and especially in adulthood have been such a treasured and happy time for me. I'm one of those people, you know, one of the tips that you find when you're looking for like how to have a happy morning is like the magic of the 5 a.m. wake up hour. And some people are like, I would never, there's nothing in my life that I'm going to get out of bed at five for. I have no problem getting up at five. I like it. I genuinely have that surge of energy in the morning. And even with having a baby who doesn't sleep well at night and we're working on all of that, even still, there's this, that natural surge of energy in the morning for me. And so I think that feeds the frustration of like, this is supposed to be my time. And I'm just, I don't know, everything feels like a mess. So, okay. And that, I do think that that's a really important thing to realize is that that might be part of what your frustration is, Yeah, is that this used to work pretty well, not just because you prioritized it, but because it came as a natural strength. And here is another part of your life that has been disrupted where these natural things are not able to shine. And so that is especially frustrating, right? When something that we know we can do and that we're good at is not working. Mm -hmm. So yes, every time you say, get up at 5 a.m. and you like it, I feel like somebody (laughs) has just said, I really like vegan bacon. (laughs) Like you're like, you do not. (laughs) I am sure there are people out there who really do like vegan bacon, but you're like, you are only saying that because you are (laughs) trying to be good for the planet or because you have some sort of sick, twisted, sadomasochistic bent. Like that cannot be true. I know. I know. But I think this is really great mindset place to start is to just know who you are. You know, if I was trying to expect myself to kind of have in in times of different phases of my life, try to get a lot of things done at night after the kids are in bed, that never works for me because that energy is not there. I just don't have that in the evenings. And so, you know, flipping it around and saying some people are just not going to have that surge of energy in the mornings. That's not who they are. And I think that that is so fundamental to like trying to get your mornings on the right track. Right. Know who you are. Exactly. So we're going to dovetail that with my second tip, which is then decide what your priorities are in the morning, you know? So you got to set your intention, but you want to do that out of the foundation of knowing who you are. So let me use me as the example. I am not a morning person. I don't like getting up early. I don't have a big surge of energy there naturally. However, I don't like what you described last week, that feeling of being rushed in the morning, that feeling of snapping at my kids, not feeling like I'm prepared for the day. So there's a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. So then I have to decide, well, wait, I'm not. This is really who I am. I'm taking that in one hand and being honest about it. But my intention is, and this was for me, especially for the decade or so that I was a stay-at-home mom and I had either kids that I was driving to school or kids that I was getting on a bus. I didn't have to get somewhere for myself necessarily. You know, I wasn't showing up at work. What I decided my intention would be was I want this to be a positive, peaceful launching ground for my kids as they start the school day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's my intention. So I want us all to be happy. (laughs) Like as much as I can control, I want to set the ground for that. So then I'm working with, but that's not my normal gifting. This is my intention. And then I had to move forward from there. So that was my priority. Now my priorities have shifted a little bit because I'm not even my, I leave the house before my kids even wake up. So now I'm talking about just my own priorities and what I want it to be. And it's still kind of the same because I still want it to be 
peaceful. Like I want it to be a good launching ground. I don't want it to be frustrating and exhausting and feeling like you wake up and you're immediately in this kind of anxious circle or frustrated with life or unhappy Mm -hmm. is the wrong way to start my day. So if I'm starting a lot of my days that way, I know that I've got to change something in my habits. So yes. What about you? I think that's so great that you pointed out that your intention can can and should shift over time based on what your circumstances and situation is. In the past, I definitely have had a strong intention, similar to you, of having like a positive start to my kids' morning was really super important to me that my kids got to school on time, (laughs) which is something I'm learning to sort of let go of. I mean, I was like really a stickler about it. But as your kids get older... They need to start working with learning about natural consequences and those types of things. So I really feel like, and I touched on this last week, that an intention that I want to have for mornings now is that I myself feel like nourished and so like maybe spiritually or emotionally nourished and also physically ready to start the day. Like I want this to be a launching ground for me. And the personality thing comes in. It's so funny that, you know, here you're in Enneagram 7 and you're like, I want mornings to be positive, even though I hate mornings too. <laughs> Let's do our best to be positive. Is it Enneagram 9? And also, you know, in Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies as an obliger type, which I totally am, I am feeling so just completely run over by all of these humans that need to be ready and out the door and their priorities and, and what they have going on. And I'd like to be able to find a space in that for myself. Like, how can I attend to my own self in the morning? And I mentioned this last week that Nico wakes up almost every morning at like five o'clock, sometimes 4.45. Like he's definitely got that early morning energy too. He comes by, honestly, I can't be mad about that. But it means that there's no buffer time. So I am just trying to think about like, I want to have the intention that there is something nourishing and good and solid that I'm not feeling run over as soon as the day begins. Yes. Well, and you mentioned something that I thought this is actually going to like lead into my next point, but I think with our intentions, we have to be careful that we don't set 20. Right. We have to pick like two or three. And I know for some personalities, that's harder than others. Um, We see other people saying, my intention is to you know, set three goals. My intention is to read before I get out of bed. My intention is to exercise. My intention is to meditate. My intention is to, you know, get up and make my kids a beautiful breakfast. And we're like, yes, all of those. I want to do all of those. (laughs) Yes. And then we're going to fail. Yes. And so that's frustrating and that's not going to help. So really when you're setting priorities, it also means by saying yes to some things, Mm -hmm. we're saying no to some things. Yes. And for many of us, we need to do that intentionally. Yeah. We need to look at some of the things and say, I value you and you are important. For example, being at school on time, Mm -hmm. but I don't value you as much as I value making sure that my kids get off and not feel like I was yelling at them to, oh my word, get your shoes on. How long does it take you to get your shoes on? Yeah. And they're starting the day with mom's words, weighing their spirit down. Right. So I had to do that too and say, okay, you know what matters more? Like, I don't want to be late. And if we're habitually late, it's not good. It's not good for the kids. It's not good for the school. However, my priority, if I'm going to choose one, which is, I hate it, you guys, but that is how life works. We have to sometimes choose the best over the better. You know, I want my kids to launch into the day that way. Also, I think it sometimes helps to make sure we're communicating with anybody that is old enough to understand Mm -hmm. what our intentions are. So whether it's our partner, it's our older children, I think even elementary age children to be like, look, you guys, this has not been working. 
I don't like being the mom that is saying, how do you forget your hat? You know, that sort of like frustration boiling over at you. Like, I know it's not fun for you. I don't really even like it in me. So we're going to change it. But here's the thing is I'm going to make the intention to be that we're going to be, you know, a team and getting you off to school. Then I need your help too. I need you to help me to like work toward the same goal so that we can all have it. And maybe you do even check in. If you're a unit trying to get out the door at the same time, maybe you ask everybody and say, what do you want most Ooh, out of your morning? Yeah. Do you want a like a quiet, peaceful start? <laughs> like I have some kids who I think just want to be left alone. Yeah. You know, like it's like they like probably maybe a little bit more how I am naturally is if I have to get up, I'm like, I just want to like, I'll show up in an hour. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I have other kids who want to engage and they want to play a game. Oh my word, Meg. When I was at home, I have two of my two youngest kids are like, mom, let's play a game. I'm like, I don't like to play a game at my best moment. Why are you picking on me before 8am? No, no child. Have you not lived with me for your whole life? Yes. So we had to just say, what are our intentions? And so of course I'm the adult. So there were times I sucked it up and be like, I can play one game of Uno because I love you. And that is the only reason. But communicating them, I think, especially with your older kids, you know, saying, look, yeah. I need to be able to take a shower by myself. Can That will help me be a better person. Can you yeah. do that? Or I need to be not responsible for making your lunches, which that stepped all over. Like I was thinking about that last week when you and Emily talked about it, just yeah. communicating it, whatever it needs to be, thinking it through, deciding yeah. what your intention is, what your intentions are not, and then making sure that maybe you're all on the same team. That is so good. And I think you're right. And I think for me, just to be able to feel like I am having some success in this, I probably need to narrow my focus like step one, the first intention I'm going to have is that I just want to be able to be physically ready and dressed for the day when we walk out the door. And I think that that's so important to also say that out loud to my kids. Like, you know what? We're going to restructure how lunches get made because this is really important to me. And I promise I will be a better mom. I will be in a better mood. We're not going to have chaos if I can just have you know, 15 minutes <laughs> to get ready or whatever. And then maybe once that's accomplished and that is a standard part of our routine, then maybe I can move on to my next intention, which is I want to be spiritually nourished in some way or, you know, emotionally nourished. And then once that's part of the routine, maybe look and see, okay, is there a way that we can adjust again? But I think you're right. I think I was thinking too big picture, which is totally such, you know, that's how my brain works. But one thing, one intention is I want to be physically ready when we walk out the door for drop off. So that's good. That's so helpful. Good. Okay. So this, like I said, it leads right into my third tip, which is to check your not to-do list. So this is kind of like that same idea. It's that what is your intention that you're not going to do? So this is not even so much saying this is better and this is best as this is detrimental for what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you last week said that you're going to try to stop checking your social media, even though you like it, but because it messes with your brain. Yes. So I think that so often we don't take stock of what we are doing that is actually getting in the way of what we want to do. So let's just look at that and check your not to do list. So I think social media for me also was a big game changer when I said, I am not going to, I think I even said when my kids were at home and I was getting them ready for the bus, it's like hour and a half, maybe almost two hour window from when like the high schoolers were getting up between when the youngest ones got on the bus, you know, so there was a big window there. Mm -hmm. And it was really easy for me to be like, I'm just going to quick check, 
Instagram mm-hmm. and, you know, be like, oh, well, it's my job mm-hmm. because right. I am the digital media, you know, like for sort of awesome. I need just to make sure yeah. But you know how social media works. We all do. We get sucked in. Totally. And then all of a sudden my kids were like, mom, can you help me? Or we need to be going. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yep. I don't think it ever benefited me. Yeah. So that yeah. was a hard thing for me to say, like, this is not the time. Like once they get on the bus, then you can launch fully into your day. But there's very rarely, like sometimes I would check my notifications just to make sure there wasn't a disaster. Yeah. But what is on my not to do list is just as important as what is on my intention. Yeah, absolutely. And again, kind of just to go in the context of what we were talking about in episode 227, just making those firing decisions and understanding that it's sometimes you have to let go of something that is on the surface good. It's either neutral or even could be a good thing, but it's just not a good fit for right now. And just being able to like release it, let it go. So I think that when I went back to work and I recognized that I would be, you know, getting up in the dark, except for the, during the summer months and also getting up, getting ready, leaving before anyone else is even awake and recognizing that. So it changed everything about my mornings for me a not to do thing is I cannot make decisions in the morning. Mm-hmm. Making yeah. decisions is not my strength anyway. And when my defenses are down, like they are in the morning, it is harder and then more frustrating. Yeah. So for me, knowing that even though there are times I come home and the last thing I want to do is be doing all of my morning work, you know, you're just tired at the end of the day. Even for those of us who are maybe more naturally wired Mm -hmm. at nighttime, it's still, it's like not what I want to be doing with my energy, but it makes my mornings be so much better when I'm not making decisions. Right. So my kids' lunches, like my lunch, my clothes, my earrings. There was one day recently where I was so tired at nighttime that I thought, I think I know what I'm going to wear in the morning. I'll just deal with it in the morning. And I did not know. In fact, I know what it was. It was my shoes. You guys, something so stupid. I had gotten out an outfit. It was this week. It was five days ago, which feels like three years ago. Oh my word. <laughs> I had on this cute like top. I needed to wear black dress pants with it. And it was cold and snowy. And I don't have like great shoes to wear with black dress pants. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have some cute shoes, but they're kind of cold, you know, like they're dressier, sure. not sturdy, yeah. like warm. Yeah. Lots of times I wear like wool socks and I have some kind of ankle boots that are from Costco that are more, they look wintry actually. But I'm like, that doesn't look good with dress pants. I mean, I, I wear jeans a lot to work. So I was like, if I'm going to wear dressy, I have to figure out dressy. So then I went down this spiral of, well, maybe I'll just wear my tall boots underneath my pants. But you guys, I tried. So I like changed all my clothes, like got out my tall socks, put on my tall boots, pulled my black pants down over my black boots. And I was like, I cannot escape the idea that I'm in Star Trek. (laughs) I look down and I feel like beam me up, Scotty. I cannot. I don't know why. Isn't that stupid? (laughs) And it is a visceral reaction. So then I'm like, I can't wear these boots. I got to go change. So then I put on that. I'm like, I'm so cold. And I think we're walking to lunch today. I can't wear this. It was like a 20 minute spiral. I was late to work and I got there and I told my lead producer, I'm like, this is all about my stupid shoes. And it was, it was stupid, but that was what I don't want in the morning. Yes. I can't do that. That's what I don't want. So what is on your not to do list? Oh my goodness. Yes. Such good wisdom there. (laughs) Okay. So this next one is a really, really big one for me. And we've talked about it in some form. And in fact, I think we could even do a whole show about this idea. Estimate your time. Oh yes. And then double it. Yes. Yes. This is actually has a name. It's called the planning fallacy that the human brain is wired to think that things do not take as much time as they do. Yep. This one was revolutionary for me because I am such a addict to thinking that things do not take 
as much time as they do into not living in reality. Yes. And this is where my priorities were meeting up with my intentions and my reality in a way that I was like, why isn't this working? And this was for me, the key. Mm -hmm. So I think for a lot of us, just because it is the human tendency, thinking about how long things take and then saying, maybe I just need a little bit more. Yep. Exactly. A little bit more time. Maybe my kids need a little bit more time. You know, when we say, why can't they get their shoes on? Like, why does it take 10 minutes? Well, Mm -hmm. maybe they need 10 minutes. So maybe you need to plan for 10 minutes. Yes. That is one win that we have had this year is I really recognized I don't have a good concept of how long it takes us to go from like socks and shoes and pack your bag is the last thing of how long that actually takes. So I backed it up a full 15 minutes which in my mind, even to this day, we've been doing this part for months and it it actually has been very helpful. But I'll think, this is so ridiculous to start telling them if we went, we to leave by 740 to start telling them at 725, okay, guys, loading time, shoes, socks, pack your bags, loading time right now. My mind is like, it's not 740. (laughs) Yep. Because if we waited, that part of my brain is stupid because if we wait till 740 to load, then it's going to take another 15 minutes before we're pulling yep. out of the driveway. So you have to like resist a, a part of your brain. I, I'm so glad that it's an actual fallacy. That's like brain science that the brain is going to be like, why are you doing this? It's okay. Don't listen to that part is stupid. Listen to this part that says, just trust the process, double that time. And it's going to give you the space that you need. Yeah. And this goes for even driving to work. Yeah. So many of us were like, oh, I've said this before the show. Like I used to think that one time that I was speeding, that I hit every green light and people got out of my way. That's the actual time it takes me to get to work. Yes. You know, yes. it doesn't. That is not reality. There's going to be traffic. There could be an accident. You know, I'm not saying you have to leave two hours for an appointment that actually only takes 15 minutes because what if? Yeah. But just acknowledge that things happen and it's going to take more time. And then, because the nice thing about that is then hopefully, by teaching your brain to double the time to anticipate that things could go wrong when they do go wrong, yeah, you're not going to be so stressed. Exactly. I don't know a ton of people who are like, I don't care if my mornings are super stressful. Maybe, maybe that's not, maybe that's like your intention is, I don't care about that. But I think for most of us, we would say like a baseline intention for our mornings is that they are not stressful, that we feel productive and ready to start our day once we get there. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that we're not starting frustrated and yelling at the person in traffic or yelling at our kids or our spouse or even ourselves, checking your internal voice and being like, I'm so stupid. Why did that happen? That is not productive. That is not helping us to start our day in a good way. It is not kindness. It is not compassion. It's not what we want to do. So just take a look at your timing and make sure that you've got accurate times. I will say this, that my husband has taken over the morning routine for my kids since he's the one now who gets them all off on the bus. And he is, you know, totally different than me in personality and in wiring. So he's got like this kind of regimented, more like I was, children, let's gather, let's put our shoes on with happiness. And he's like, it's 823. Yeah. Come on, we go. And so if I'm home, like occasionally in the morning, and I'll be talking to the kids, he's like, stop talking to them. You are distracting them. It is 822. I don't know their kids anymore. Oh my and gosh. Yes. The kids have all bought into it pretty in a good way. Like he's not necessarily like so mean about it that they're looking at me like, why did you leave this person in the overlord position? <laughs> we are imprisoned by our father. They like it too, because he is getting them out the door in a different sort of way. And they're on time and they feel successful. Yeah. And he does play games with them in the morning oh, too. Oh, that's so good. So, that's so good. 
and he likes games. So like, it's a good thing, but like, it's in a different way. He has also looked at the time and said, it's going to take this much time. Mm -hmm. And like, I used to say, well, we need to be out the door at this time, but I don't really care what happens before that. He's got like breakfast by 820, teeth by 850, you know, like more regimented. And again, that's more of his wiring. So it could look that way. Totally. Whatever it takes. Yes. Just make sure that you're giving yourself enough time because that's going to make everybody happier. Absolutely. So then my last tip is this, to start with a win. So whatever your intention is, whatever your priority is, in a big sense, in a meta sense, is there something that you can do in the embodied physical world that would say, yes, this is my priority. This is where my intention are. I'm starting off doing it Mm -hmm. in the morning, not just thinking about it, not just saying, oh, I really hope I'm spiritually nourished today, or I really hope that my physical body is not overcome with anxiety. Mm -hmm. What can you do? What can I say? I want to make sure that I'm doing something today to make sure that I feel accomplished, um, to say, I want to be productive today. And so I'm going to move on. So this could be something like making your bed. I mean, this is something that so many people that talk about the science of morning routines say, make your bed Mm -hmm. every day, because it starts you off by saying, if you're saying, I want to be productive, I want to do things, I want to be the boss of me. Just this silly little one thing is like an embodiment of your intention. Yeah. Yeah. So doing that one thing, it could be for me, lots of times it was unloading the dishwasher. Hmm. Yeah. Just like I always start it, it goes overnight. And so just unloading the dishwasher, then it's not like as the breakfast dishes come, I don't have anywhere to put them. And then all, you know, like there's this backup things that happen then that make you feel kind of crazy. I know that you used to, I don't know if you still do change a load of laundry, right? Mm -hmm, I used to. In the mornings. That's kind of fallen by the wayside, but. Well, and. Maybe it's not the right thing anymore. Yeah, it may be something that we go back to on down the road. I was just thinking for me, a very embodied thing is just get dressed. That's going to feel like a win instead of like putting together sweatshirts over pajamas and, you know, house shoes and stuff like that. No, like I'm dressed for the day. That would feel like a huge win for me. When I was driving my kids to school, there was a long time that I did not get dressed. And then exactly what you're saying, I said, wait. If I can build time into my schedule, because I do want to feel more prepared Mm -hmm. for my day. And I feel like if I'm more prepared, I'm even more prepared for them. Like, I feel like, no, I am in charge. I'm the boss. I can do this. And so that simple act of just showering and getting dressed made me feel like in charge. Yes. That I didn't feel that I was reacting to things that I was proactive. I love that line actually last week. I felt like there was so much in this morning show when Emily said in the last episode about, you know, just wanting to be proactive with our lives instead of reactive. Yes. Just something as simple as showering and maybe putting on makeup. Or I think that a lot of people, this is why in so many spiritual traditions, you start the day with prayer, with meditation, with something like that, because you're saying my intention is to be rooted and grounded in, you know, the divine love, whatever you want to say. I need to do something this morning yes. to say, yes, this is my priority. I want to start my day that way. Exercise can be that way for a lot of people too. Taking care of your physical body, saying, I'm going to have a big glass of water before I have any coffee or tea. You know, there's so many things that you could think of that you're going to say, I'm going to start with a win Yes, right here at the beginning where I'm going to say, this was my intention. These are my goals for my life. And I'm going to put them into physical form with one small thing. One, don't do them all. Don't be like, I'm going to do yoga and drink yep. water. And you know, like yeah. I, pick like one people. I'm saying that to me more than anybody else. Well, and yes, to me, I definitely need to hear it. Those of us who are P types, we love our possibilities. Yes. We think we could do them all. So <laughs> yes. And then that's where you have to go back to you. Like the actual time that yep. things take is exactly. like a reality check. Yes. But 
pick one, maybe two of the things that you want to say, I want to bring this into my morning as a physical embodiment of my priorities. I love it. These are so helpful, Kelly. Thank you so much for just combining all of these different ideas, thoughts, and action steps for us to consider as we're thinking about how we can have our best mornings ever. This has been super helpful. For anybody who wants to find you on social media to talk more about mornings or routines or productivity or like, hello, you work in news. What's happening to our world? (laughs) Oh yeah, I've got all the answers. (laughs) Where can we find you all around the web? You can find me now. This is where the news background really comes in. If you really want to find me, you guys, I'm on Twitter all the time because that's the social media that journalists use. And so it's like part of my job. Yes. So I'm always on Twitter at Kelly Gordon MN from Minnesota. You can find me under the same handle on Instagram. That's my second favorite. Well, it's really my favorite favorite. I love Instagram, but I'm just not there all the time. But at Kelly Gordon MN or in, of course, the sort of awesome hangout group or the superstars group for our Patreon supporters. Awesome. Thank you. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. The show is on Twitter. Thanks to Kelly at Sorta Awesome Pod. <laughs> and you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. So you guys, here's to happier mornings. Let's see where this year takes us. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. 